Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rogas Tom Fitzenmar with Summit Commodity Brokerage. Well, the grain trade, we're seeing a little bit of an uptick in corn and soybeans. Wheat still lower, cattle to the plus side, and hogs are mixed. And Tom, all right, yesterday was a pretty disastrous day in the entire grain complex. Corn and soybeans are trying to bounce. Do you think we can hold on to these gains, especially going into a three-day holiday? I think we have a better chance of that happening. I don't, you know, it sort of happened in the overnight. We had a little bounce, and then all of a sudden we lost it, and it went back down. So it seems like any any time you have these little little rallies, there's plenty of people sitting above the market ready to sell it. So uh, I, you'd like to think that the profit taking and short covering and all that would happen ahead of a three day weekend, but um, I don't I don't know. The dollar's a little firmer. Equity markets are lower. Uh, there's not a lot of news that's particularly bullish in, in the in the grains. So, and then you stack that on top of the, yesterday's USDA numbers, and it's really hard to get excited on the upside. Yeah, no doubt. And we scored new contract lows in corn again here this morning. And so, you know, where are you looking at support areas that you know needed to hold here? Did we hold them? Well, like you said, we made that March contract made a new contract low at 416 and a half. I, I, I don't think there's a whole lot technically between 416 and a half and four bucks. Okay. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see us go down. That that should be a major support point. Um, wheat, wheat market's pretty negative. It's within got within four cents of its contract low last night. So there's no, no help coming there either. Uh, I guess you could put a little a little hope in the Argentine pollination which is going on right now in the Brazilian safrina pollination in April. So those are sort of sitting out there as a potential friendly events. Um, but at this point, that doesn't look like it. That's, that's that big a deal. I, again, I go back to those USDA numbers yesterday, uh, yeah. 2.5 plus carryout on corn and 435 on soybeans is huge. And, and, and I know everybody's excited about, well, that was that there's no survey there. And, we got to wait till the end of the March for end of March for that to come out. But really, what are they going to change? They're not going to change their demand numbers. They're not going to change their yield estimate. So all you're you're down to whether the survey changes the acreage or not. And and you look at the soybean side of that. They they bumped in spite of that that 435 carryout. They bumped crush 100 and they crunched bumped exports 150. Well, if Argentina has a huge crop this year. Do, are we really going to bump exports or bump crush that much? I don't know. There, there, there's some really bearish things sitting out here that really make you nervous. And on top of all that, you got the farmers sitting on a huge chunk of crop that they haven't sold yet. So we, we like to talk about the big short position, but let, what, we need to think a little bit about the big long position that the farmers holding. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that because certainly there's a lot of people that say, oh, the funds are like the second shortest ever in the combined grain complex. They're going to have to cover those maybe in a quarter, something like that. But do we have more grain sitting out there that hasn't been sold versus a normal year? Do you think that's going to override that? I don't know how to quantify that, but I know the meetings I've had with farmers this winter, guys are sitting on way more corn and soybeans than, than they historically have. So uh, I, I don't know. They were worried about how their crop was going to turn out last last fall, last summer, and it turned out way better than they thought. So And while well, they didn't make sales because they weren't sure what they were going to get. And then when they got more than they thought they were going to, they end up with a big inventory that, that was unsold 
prices start dropping, so nobody wants to sell a down market. And and here you sit with a big, a huge um, inventory that's uh, that's not worth near as a couple billion dollars worth less than it was uh, you know, last summer. So I, I don't know. It's kind of a problem. So and and the other thing that's going to happen is when you do get rallies in the futures, if you get them, the basis is going to widen because it's softened farmers up that they're more likely to sell on those rallies. So it's really kind of a dilemma for those those sitting on on crops. And and I guess I'm not sure how you work your way through it with the when there was a ton of upside potential here. Yeah, and I know you you've heard the arguments, oh, this market is so oversold, but you have pointed out in your newsletter time and time again, you can get rid of that status just moving sideways, you said. Yeah, and we've had we've had several times in the past where we had that situation where they're heavily short. Everybody gets excited. You're going to have a short covering rally that's going to be great. And they just kind of wiggle, worm their way out of those positions slowly and gradually. And you just, it just sort of gets absorbed by the market and it never does amount to all that much. So I, I understand everybody's kind of sitting on that as a one thing to be optimistic mm-hmm. about. But I, I don't know that, that that will can or will go all that far. And, and, and again, you've got new crop corn, what, at 460 roughly? And if we have that kind of carryout or a larger carryout, you're going to see sub four new crop corn and, and still nobody wants to sell 460 corn. So I don't know. I, I, I'm a little surprised that nobody even wants to buy a put to protect themselves. They're just, uh, I think everybody's uh, shell shocked. Yeah. Wheat market we mentioned is lower this morning. And while Chicago maybe haven't hasn't hit new contract lows, Kansas City and Minneapolis has been cracking new contract lows like the last three sessions. Today, it looks like it's a function of the dollar, but overall, we still are concerned about demand. Is that the problem? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and this strength in the dollar, I think, has caught people a little off guard, too. The CPI number earlier in the week, the PPI out uh, on, on Friday morning, both came in a little hotter. Uh, so that all of a sudden, everybody that was looking for a drop in interest rates, is, that kind of gets pushed back. Uh, so higher interest rates means a stronger dollar. Stronger dollar made, it makes it tougher to, to for U.S. exports. So there's another headwind that, that we're sort of facing, uh, not to mention the impact of higher interest rates on farm profitability and the cost of, of money to do business. Absolutely. So the cattle market, we're back to the plus side. And we had, you know, fairly decent close in live cattle yesterday, considering we had some lower cash trade. So you feel like that market is still in good shape? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying we won't have a little pullback. Well, we got April cattle at 185, roughly or 186, and you could put up a pullback from that. But I, I think we're gonna, uh, uh, if we can take out that 187.50 resistance level, we got a shot at retesting the highs up around 200 bucks on the cattle market. You've got the numbers are, are obviously friendly. Weights have been decent. Uh, demand has held up so far, although right. you know, with the with the problems with the consumers had and inflation and all that, just you wonder about that, but we've wondered about it for two years and it's held on. So, <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, you got. I guess there's no reason to be to be particularly negative. And seasonally, we tend to start to work higher here in another three or four weeks. So uh, I, I think it's pretty much all good for cattle at this point. Although, having said that, we've had a $20 rattle in cattle. And, True. you know, buy, buying a put to protect yourself if you've got some, some market risk out there wouldn't be the end of the world because all those optimistic things could uh, turn out to be incorrect. Yeah. 
And the hog market, uh, we've seen some mixed trade today, but you know we've had a pretty good week there. We had very strong exports yesterday. Talk of a Prop 12 ban has also fueled the market. But like I said, we're mixed this morning. So are we just up testing these highs and hitting some resistance or what? Yeah, I think we're just having a little pullback today. I, I think the, the hog market looks pretty good. I, I was really pleased to see those export numbers be so good. Right. You know, earlier in the broadcast, we talked about the strength in the dollar and the effect it was going to have on exports. Well, it hasn't affected the hog exports that much. Now, a lot of that went to Mexico and and apparently the uh, interest rate or the differentials and currencies aren't quite as great with Mexico. So that might explain part of it. But um, yeah, I, 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 you know, seasonally, again, pork tends to work higher into the spring, too. So you, you've kind of got that going for you in the pork industry. Yeah, and we need some good news for pork producers. That's for darn sure. It's been a yeah. tough 18 months. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us, Tom Fitzmaurice. I'm a commodity brokerage. That is Markets Now.